It's another week and another episode of the Granny Panty Podcast. I'm your host, Ruby Lynn. Do not forget to hit that subscribe button because I definitely don't want you to miss any episodes. My guest this week is on a mission to reclaim midlife. Uh, she was a former dominatrix, a porn reviewer turned therapist. I'm really excited to welcome Robin Schamberg. Hello, Robin. Hi, Ruby. How are you? I am good. I am good. Uh, I wish that I could have read your book before mm -hmm. we had this podcast. I just ordered it off Amazon. Of course, couldn't get it quick enough. But with a name like Mistress Ruby, I have to own that book. Correct. It, it has to be good. I'm excited today to hear your story because yeah. as I was reading about you, uh, you've your past is amazing from dominatrix mm -hmm. to therapist and mm -hmm. how you uh, are helping adults in midlife kind of reclaim it, find their mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And it, 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 it speaks to me, I think, because I didn't get into the adult business till I was 53. Really? And so I, I'm curious to hear how that all happened. So let's get right with it. Oh, well, um, I was, I went to journalism school with our mutual friend, Lainey. Yes. And, uh, um, I, when I got out, I wanted to do something that none of my classmates could or would do to mm -hmm. distinguish myself. And I wanted some adventure. Um, and I ended up with a job at a condo magazine, a condo newspaper. Okay. And that was terrible. And I, and I could not believe that I had gone to school for that. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I decided to make a bold move. And um, I had also worked in video production for music and met a young woman who was working as a dominatrix. And up to that point, I thought that that meant sex, that they have sex with clients. Uh, she told me no, cool clothes, lots of money. And so I went to, uh, I answered an ad in the Village Voice to, and I worked at a fetish house and then I worked at another one and then I kind of worked my way up until I was at like the most famous, most off the hook, most notorious wow. dungeon in the city. And, uh, you know, I told myself I was there to get a story mm -hmm. and then I would leave, but then I ended up staying because I loved the work. And as a freelance writer starting out, you know, money can be tight and work is not right. always there. Right. So it supplemented that income. But then what happened was I started to get gigs writing about the industry and I started mm -hmm. to love the industry. So I didn't want to do just one of those drive by like local good girl goes bad and, and, and walks on the wild side and comes back to tell the tale. Like I, I was in it for several years and I absolutely loved it. But one of the things I loved the most about it was the element of confessional. Oh. Element, yeah. The, mm -hmm. I'm a lapsed Catholic. And uh, I loved being in a session with someone that I had never seen before mm -hmm. that was coming and telling me things that no one knew about them. You know, like I'm wearing panties or I'm wearing a butt plug or right. I love armpit, the way armpits smell. And um, it was so long ago that there wasn't really an internet where people could check their fetish against the rest of the world. There was no mm -hmm. infrastructure. So Often I would be the connecting point between a client with his fetish and the rest of the world. And, and I was the only one that was like, you know, there are three guys I see in a week that actually like that thing that you like. And, and there are certain things that are, that carry through different fetishes. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I started to make connections between professions and behaviors and, uh, and things that work for particular clients and realized that it was an entire model of human behavior. And I started writing about it and I was writing about it in uh, you know, kind of a highbrow way because I, I was a student and I was a very serious writer. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I would get more respect that I was doing therapy with these people. And I would get much more respect if I had some initials after my name so I could write about the psychology of a gangbang. And people would listen, damn it. Uh, so so I, I, did, I did well as a writer. I went mm-hmm. on and worked in television and film and eventually went to school to, to um, do some research on a project and took a class, loved it, psychology class, took another one and realized that I was a student and I studied psychology and then my writing career kicked up again. And, um, and so I kind of put it away. And then a few mm-hmm. years after that, I went and I got licensed and uh, finally kind of got here. And now I see, um, I see clients who are uh, former sex workers or in the business now Mm-hmm. as well. And a lot of those women, of course, are in their mid 40s, 50s now, if, if you're retired. Um, and so the, you know, the, the idea of being a therapist for women over 40, and for, um, and for sex workers and, and people who, you know, have some kind of fetish or secret or mm-hmm. something where even if a therapist says they're sex positive, they still don't really know. Right. Know? Unless they've been there, done that. Yeah, exactly. Unless you've hung a man upside down and tied his balls up really good, you just don't know what life is about. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so that was so so that was my entree into the world of psychology. Though I feel like I've been doing it since my very first client in my very first dungeon. That's a, well, and you have. I mean, yeah. they say you know, sex work is is like therapy where we're people's therapist. Uh, How long have you been a licensed therapist? About five years. Five years. Okay. Yeah. And do you still write for any of any other publications or no? Um, I I contribute here and there to different things, but I'm not, um, I'm not right. I'm not doing the the sex writing anymore. I'm kind of, I'm kind of waiting to do the next thing. You know, what had happened in my writing career was, I was so determined to make money at it that I started to just accept all kinds of jobs and got so far away from what I wanted to do mm-hmm. that I, I I was like, no, no more writing for hire. It's not fair to to ask my writing to support my lifestyle. So, um, so I now I'm writing, um, I'm writing a television show about therapy. Oh, so, so that's what I'm writing. Right. It was, it was my idea. I'm working with people. Okay. And I'm so glad that I stopped accepting, that I stopped looking for work, that I just mm-hmm. started to make work. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's my work. That's perfect. And yeah. probably that also speaks to kind of the midlife thing is yeah. coming into, I know for me, like coming into your power, doing what you yeah. want. And, yeah. and like you said, not taking all this other stuff because it's going to pay the bills, but really right. following what you want to do, your purpose. Yeah. 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 That, that was exactly it. And the idea of, main, of reclaiming midlife was when I turned 40, 
you know, everyone sets up 40 like it's going to be terrible and you're old and no one wants you anymore. And when I turned 40, I never felt better. And then I turned 50 mm -hmm. and I felt even better. Yeah, yes, I can agree with that. I can. My 50s are the best years of my life. Yeah, you look it. You look Thank fantastic. You. I mean, I mean, this, I mean, beautiful, but also vibrant and about things, you know, like we're us now. Yes. And I, I quit caring what other people thought, yes. which you probably found as well. And yeah. hopefully finding, you know, are your clients finding that as well? Or are they still kind of stuck in that not, you know, not wanting to do what they their passion is because they're worried yeah. what people would think or. Yeah. Um, my, my clients, my women who are over 40, um, they're trying, they want to, mm -hmm. I think they sought me out because they want that feeling mm -hmm. and I'm here to help you get it. Uh, it, it requires, you know, reframing society's bullshit. Right. And, uh, you know, like I, you know, how they say you'll have no energy. I have no energy for bullshit. I have no energy for your stupid drama. I have no energy for things I don't want to do. That's true. That yeah. is true. Uh, and you're right. I mean, for me, I think 40s, I was still raising kids, you know, getting yeah. them out of the house, that kind of right. thing. But 50s, definitely, you're mm -hmm. independent. You're on your own. You know, mm -hmm. not many are still raising kids, at least I don't think. <laughs> so yeah. they can do what they want. Yeah. Um, what do you think is a common myth about the midlife? What have you found is a real common myth in your work? Um, I think that I think that a lot of my clients feel that their best time is behind them. Uh, uh, their desirability is behind them. Um, you know, and I think that's a state of mind that you chose mm -hmm. to feel that way. You know, actual cellular aging doesn't actually happen until at, in your late 60s. Mm -hmm. Everything else is a choice and how you maintain yourself. Yeah. And I, uh, um, it seems society puts that label out there as well. Once you're yeah. 40, it's all going to go to hell. Yeah. And, and so especially, I think, in social media, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, all of it is this facade, really on mm -hmm. social media. Have you found that as well? Yeah. I, well, I, interestingly, when I did um, outreach to women in their forties and fifties, I ended up getting a lot of women and men in their twenties and thirties. Cause I think they, they oh. liked the idea. Um, and I knew I had chosen a profession that I could grow old in and just be wise. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do find that just a lot of these younger people particularly are so influenced and so, you know, turned around by the things they see on social. They're so like just just dragged left and right by it, like it like it matters. And right. I understand it matters to them, but you know, life is happening when you look up and out. Life is not happening in the computer in your pocket. And and the, the less time you spend there, the better off you are. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm with with sex workers. I. I know this from my own point, social media mm -hmm. is like the, the necessary evil, I guess you'll call yeah. it because it's yeah. how we funnel a lot of people to our sites and right. to our work. And right. so, gosh, it, I just call it the necessary evil. I get so yeah. frustrated with social media yeah. uh, myself. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's and it's 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 such a cruel place, and everyone's, you know, it's 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 a great place for passive aggressive assholes to hide out and say something. You know, the trolls, I guess we call them, right? Right, um, right. It's right. just it's just a perfect storm of awfulness for people, and if you're because you'll find exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. If you feel bad about yourself, so you will find the things in your feed that will make you feel like everyone's on vacation and right. everyone's, you know, leveling up. And, and I try to tell my clients, you're seeing what they want to show you, which is very telling, but don't compare your insides to their outsides. Right. Right. And, and what you see on social media is the best of everything. Yeah. 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 I mean, sometimes you'll see people be vulnerable, but what do you think is the biggest challenge to people entering midlife right now? Um, is to really accept it, embrace it, and stop mm-hmm. trying to chase your twenty, your twenty-something-year-old self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I liken it to you know when I was in my twenties, and then thirty was looming, and it was sort of like going to a party where I liked everything better. And then I got to 40 and it was like finding another room at the party where we were sitting down and eating good food and people were conversing and the music was to my taste. And then I got to 50 and it's fantastic. It's like this opium den where everyone's just doing whatever they want and, and, you know, nobody really cares and and people are fun and interesting. So I I feel like if you allow it, Mm -hmm. if you allow it, and if you're not looking over your shoulder at what was. Right. Right. Yeah. That's true. That, yeah. Just looking back, I don't. I would never want to go backwards. <laughs> I, I know. think our life experience is what makes us who we are today. Right. Right. Um, and yeah. so, what percentage of your clientele do you think are uh, sex workers versus not? Um, I would say I have about twenty five percent sex workers. Okay. Yeah, and. Um, you know, the, the thing with being a therapist is that the licenses are state to state. So you have to be a mm-hmm. sex worker who lives in New Jersey uh, in order for me to be your therapist. Okay. Um, that was my next question. Was, yeah. Yeah. You know, do you do you do it virtually? Do you take from, you know, clients from anywhere? Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, it's all virtual. And I love the fact that I can be anywhere. I like the convenience for my clients. They can mm-hmm. be anywhere. Um, and I, I don't think people are going to be going back to in-person therapy if they don't have to. Right. Uh, I, I think that, I mean, it's wonderful. If I had an office, I certainly would use it. But I, I just find that this this brings people into therapy that wouldn't necessarily go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, the convenient hours, you know, I'll see people at any hour of the day or night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just that is put great. a shirt on over my pajamas. And- <laughs> That's the, be- you know, I try to look at the positive of everything. And I think with COVID, mm-hmm. I, I believe that the positive was that we can work from home, you know, not, right. I, I worked in the corporate world as well as did mm-hmm. sex work during COVID, but it's just, I think we learned that we don't have to be in the right. same room, that we can right. still get the benefits of a lot of things. In fact, every person I know that goes to therapy is mm-hmm. telehealth. I don't think I know anyone that actually goes in at this point. Yeah. 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 And and I think also for people who are a little therapy averse, um, it doesn't feel like the same bar. You know what I mean? Like they're not Mm -hmm. getting up and walking into a building in public. They're, they're just opening their computer just like they would consume porn 
or movie or other movies, they're, they're just, it's like a private thing. And, right. Um, and so I think that, I think that that has enabled people to, um, you know, to, to, to come to therapy. But, uh, but the, the thing about the sex workers also is that when I was a sex worker, I wanted to go to therapy. And I found that therapists were so interested in my job, wanted to hear all about it. Right. And like, I just want to get through my cousin's wedding. I, I don't <laughs> want to talk about what this means, you know? Right. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I understand there's a natural curiosity. I've made a career out of, you know, writing about people's natural curiosity. So I can't hold it against anyone. But I do think that if you're a civilian and you have a sex worker as a client, you're going to want to know so many things because you're curious, not because it necessarily will, um, sorry, not because it's necessarily uh, in the client's benefit. And, um, you know, and, and, and people feel judged. I felt a little judged. I felt a little, um, you know, what's a nice girl like you doing in a business like this? Right, right, um, right. Yeah. So, right. So that was, uh, yeah. And so how do you think providing therapy to those um, in midlife is different than younger? Hmm. Have you seen a difference? I guess my question is, do you have younger clients as well as midlife or do you just oh, yeah. focus? Okay. And yeah, is your the different? I think that younger clients want guidance and older clients want permission. Okay. Um, you know, yes, you can start a business after your divorce. Like, yes, you're 45. Do you know how young you're going to think that was in five years? Right. Uh, and, and you know how silly you're going to feel that you didn't start now? I know your marriage is over and everything feels over, but mm -hmm. we're just, we're, things get real in your forties. Things happen. You know, people die unfairly. People lose jobs. Parents get sick. Kids go away. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's a, a really great time to, you know, take ownership of yourself and write the rest of your story and, you know, and say, what do I want? Right. Right. I like that. Um, gosh, I wish I had known. I wish I was in New Jersey. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, that oh would goodness. be good. <clears throat> yeah. I, I love my sex worker clients. They feel like my sisters. I mean, in a therapeutically appropriate way, but it's, right. it's nice. It's nice for them where they can talk and I know what they're talking about and they don't have to explain what a private is or they don't have to explain, you know, right terms right. or how important it is they're going to ABN or CES, you know, this year, mm -hmm. like, so that's, that's really good. And, uh, and, and, you know, and, and I also think that there are a lot of sex workers who want to leave the business just as a matter of just how you leave a business, how you, how you evolve and leave it. And I feel like if you have a therapist who is already sternly against your profession, right. You're going to do that thing where you defend your 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 profession. Where you're like, no, it's actually a really great job, and I really love it. It's very fulfilling. But because I'm not judging them for their choice of work, right. when they get sick of their job, they feel very free to to tell me what they hate about it and what they want to do next. Gotcha, gotcha. What is something that you think in your practice that maybe your colleagues wouldn't agree with? Oh, oh, that's interesting. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, let me see. I try to pick. Uh, I, I, 
it's so weird that I'm not asking the questions right now. So forgive me. Well, this um, is fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that with, with all seriousness, of, mm -hmm. with all the seriousness of sexual exploitation and sexual abuse and everything, uh, I think that sex can be a bodily function or a party or something sacred, but it's not always a big deal. And it's my vagina and I can do with it what I want. I, I, I don't I have an overly sentimental view mm -hmm. of, oh, but you know, we had sex. It's like, okay. Um, and, I, and I think many of my colleagues, particularly, you know, um, when you have a female client, it's like, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, you had sex with him and you didn't want to and you regretted it the next day. It's like, keep it moving, keep it moving. Like, like he didn't rape, you know, if, if, of course, if it's no sex abuse, but if, you know, you had a night that you regretted, you drank too much, you slept with right. someone, they're a jerk and it's the next day. Like, don't worry, he didn't steal your precious flower. Like you made a poor decision and... Mm -hmm. And what you want to do with it next, do better next time, you know. Right. Don't, don't go don't go out with someone again, this is this is assuming that no one forced anyone into right. anything. This is just, you know, just that night, like, oh, I can't believe I slept with that guy or girl. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, it's it's not the worst thing just because it's happening to your to you sexually. So let's talk about something fun. Let's rewind. Okay. Let's rewind back to your dominatrix days. All right. Okay. And so back. I would like to know, well, like, what is the, what is one session that stands out in your mind that just, you'll always remember it, whether it's good or bad? I would say actually my very first session, you'll never forget it. Uh, right. It was, it was a gentleman who came in and said, I have a Christ complex. Oh, I want, I want to die for you. And again, fortunately, he lucked out and he got a dumb who had 12 years of Catholic school education. So I, and again, I didn't, nobody teaches you this, you know, nobody <laughs> teaches you S and M you kind of just watch and figure out. And there was no internet to learn from. So um, I just reenacted the passion of the Christ. I played all the parts. He was Jesus. You know, we crucified him and um, that was just a bondage thing. And um, he, he had wanted me to, I think really, um, really, I don't remember if it was pin push pins, but he he really wanted to to draw blood and be like stuck to something, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and that I drew the line there because I I I was like no that that's a that's a bit much for me, um, and I wasn't really sure if I could or right. if I should, and I didn't want to make a mess. It was my first day at work. <laughs> um, and, I thought you uh, were like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I absolutely loved it. I walked away with money and this guy cried at the end of it. He had this catharsis. Wow. He, um, you know, I, I raised him from the dead, of course. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, stone rolled away from tomb. And as he left, he gave me a huge tip and, and I made my session money. And I, and I really felt like we had just had this amazing hour of theater that's cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I was hooked from there and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this for a little while. That is awesome. And having it be your first session too, like, it's like the virgin. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't yeah. have anything to compare it to probably. Exactly. So that exactly. can be nice. 
But you see, after the fact, I found out that actually he was a known client of this particular dungeon, and the girls gave him to me because I was the new girl. So he's a, he was considered a difficult client. So oh. it's sort of like a sort of like a hazing ritual, like you know, take this real stone cold weirdo and and see sink or swim. And um, and he came out thrilled, and I came out thrilled, and and yeah. you know, it was it was great. That is funny. Hazing incident. Yeah. You know, too, I come from uh, social work and sometimes somebody's worst client is like your best. There may Mm -hmm. be, you know, something that they didn't connect with the other social worker. But now that I have them, uh, their quirks or what have you don't bother me at all. And so that is I think it's good, though, sometimes for clients to experience different providers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they get, get something different from each person. Right. Yeah. So what would you tell your 20-year-old self, knowing what you know now? Oh, what would uh, you go back and tell yourself to either do differently or not do? Oh, that's so easy. Um, that's Don't get hung up on guys. There will always be another one. Don't get hung up. Don't. Don't pine over men don't cry for a man like there'll be another one right around the block just take it easy girl you know enjoy yourself mm-hmm. that's Good. what i would tell my, my younger self awesome yeah and do you have any specific advice for women specifically getting into sex work in their 50s hmm. other than enjoy yourself you know what you like you know, enjoy yourself, protect yourself and enjoy yourself. Just make it, make it what you need it to be. Everyone <laughs> else, if, if you're, if you're performing with men, like, don't worry, they'll enjoy themselves. Make it right. about your experience and, uh, and they'll love you for it and you'll have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're more relaxed in our older age here. <laughs> So one of the questions as we get ready to close up, I always like to ask my guest is for a granny panty tip of the week. So some piece of advice. I know we just talked about advice to women in 50s, but something in general um, that you just it's a some piece of advice that you think is important or people can take away from this. My grandmother used to say this. Um, Fuck them if they can't take a joke. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Um, my yeah. mom used to always say, in a hundred years, nobody would will care. Yeah. That's very similar. It's a, just a different way of saying the same yeah. thing. Right? Yep. And I've probably said that a few times. So I guess hopefully I'm not becoming my mother, but. Yeah. We uh, all do in, in our own way. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the That's mom true. bomb goes off and suddenly you realize you look like her and sound like her, but. That's true. So can people find you on Instagram, Twitter? Do you have social media? No, I don't. But you can find me on my website. Okay. um, Which is www.blackbooktherapy.com. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And if they're in New Jersey, they can work with you. 100%. I, I would I would love that. You don't need to be a sex worker to check out my website and send me a contact request. Um, awesome. Awesome. And, uh, and you yeah. have a book on Amazon. Do you have any other writings out there? Uh, you know, I wrote so much under pen names that that would be the one thing that you could find. Okay. Um, 
but uh but oh that's that's the other thing too my practice the reason why it's called black book therapy is because it's for the little black book and um i also work a lot with writers and creative people okay um, writers were stuck so so i thought the name would kind of work for for both i love if you're it. a stuck sex working writer <laughs> then come on in i like that yeah you have a great website Thank Lots you. of good information. Um, I'm excited to read your book, especially Thank since you. we shared the, shared the same name. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I just mm -hmm. want to thank you for taking the time sure. to come on and talk to me yeah. and talk to our viewers about therapy and your mm -hmm. story. I really appreciate that. I'm so sure. thankful Lainey connected us. Yeah, she's the best. She is the best, but mm -hmm. um, I wish you well. I can't wait to read your book. And oh, so everybody excited. go to blackbooktherapy.com to find Robin. And I will catch you soon. All right. Great. Thank you so much.